Hey ladies, the Beautiful Movement now has their summer box available for pre-sale. This means that you have the chance to sign up before these boxes sell out again. If you have not had the opportunity to get one of these boxes, grab your box today. These boxes are becoming so popular, they're actually selling out. The theme in this box is Walking with Jesus, a box that will help you grow deeper with God this summer. It's the perfect summer starter kit that you don't want to miss. Head on over to www.jointhebeautifulmovement.com to sign up today. Be sure to use the discount code UNCOMMONTEEN, all one word, for 15% off your first box. You can also follow The Beautiful Movement on Instagram at the underscore beautiful underscore movement. Ladies, you don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Uncommon Teen Podcast, the podcast for Christian teen girls. Each week, we talk about real life issues that you're facing every day and how to overcome them in a way that stays true to who you are and who God created you to be. I'm your host, Jamie Kirshner, and I am so excited to be here with you today. All right, ladies, so we are on part three of our series, Who Am I? In part one, we talked about at the core of who we are, who or what defines us. And in part two, we talked about why sometimes it's so confusing to even understand who we are in Christ. This week, we are on our final episode of this series, and we're going to be talking about some people in the Bible who struggled with their identity and who God said that they were, and how they themselves were able to overcome the lies of the enemy and see themselves as God said that they are. So the first person that we're going to talk about is Esther, and we're going to look at Esther chapter four. So up to this point, Haman, who is like the king's right-hand man, had it out for the Jews, and he wanted to wipe the Jews off of the planet. And so he came up with this evil plan and brought it to the king and had the king sign off on this plan. Well, one thing that the king didn't think about was Esther was also a Jew, and he had just signed a decree to wipe out his queen that he loved very much. So we're going to pick up in verse 7, where Mordecai, Esther's cousin, is talking to Esther's maids and eunuchs and telling them about what Haman has conspired. So this is the first that Esther's really hearing about this plan that Haman has come up with to destroy the Jews. Verse 7 says, And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. He also gave them a copy of the written decree for their destruction which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, that he might command her to go to the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. So Hathak, which was one of the king's eunuchs, returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and gave him a command for Mordecai. All the king's servants and people of the king's provinces know that any man or any woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death except the one to whom the king holds out his golden scepter to, that he might live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. So basically, Esther saying, look, if I go in and I talk to this king and he doesn't hold out his scepter and he doesn't want to see me, I'm dead. And so she's scared. See, Esther didn't come from a royal family. At the time that she came into the palace, Esther was a Jewish orphan raised by her cousin Mordecai. In the eyes of the world and in the eyes of the Jews and in the eyes of probably herself, she was a nobody. 
Who was she to go into the king to stand up to Haman? But I love Esther's response because Esther, who might see herself as a nobody, who am I to even do this? Her response is this in Esther 4 verse 15 and 16. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Esther saying, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because God has placed me right where I'm at on purpose. But before I do this, I've got to see myself as God sees me. So what I want you to do is I want you to grab all the juice and I need you guys to fast and to pray with me over these next three days because this is not going to be easy. You know, sometimes we're faced with decisions that are tough and it seems like there's no way out. But I want you to know as a daughter of the most high king, and if you've given your life to Jesus and you've made him Lord of your life, you are a daughter of the most high king. And as a child of God, he is with you and guiding you every step of the way. You don't have to worry about the things that you're walking through because God is providing a way out, just like he did with Esther. As you remain in him, know that he is your protector and he's everything you need. The second person we're going to talk about is Gideon. And you find the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor or you mighty warrior. See, when God comes and visits Gideon, Gideon is hiding from the Midianites. Usually when you thresh wheat, you do it out in the open where everybody can see you, but he's hiding because he's afraid. God sees this, but instead of calling him out, God called him who it was that he saw him as. He saw him as a mighty man of valor or a mighty warrior and then commissioned him to deliver the people of Israel. So you may be asking, why was Gideon hiding out in the first place? Let's go down to verse 15. So we're in Judges 6, verse 15. And it says, so he said to God, this is Gideon talking, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. His identity is weakness. And I am the least in my father's house. I'm the weakest one in our house. My whole clan, we're all weak. But me, I'm the weakest one there is. So this is how Gideon sees himself. He sees himself as weak, but God doesn't see Gideon as weak. God calls him a mighty man of valor, a mighty warrior. And I love God's response because Gideon, he's like, okay, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm weak. But God responds and assures him and says in verse 16, and the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. How cool is that? God is saying, no, 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 no. You don't see your identity like I see you. The way I see you, you are a mighty warrior. You are not weak. And I love that Gideon, even though he was afraid, he chose to step into that identity that God called him to be. And guess what? In the end, Gideon did step into being that mighty man of valor that God had called him to be. You know, sometimes we're faced with situations where we don't feel qualified. Who am I to do what you're calling me to do? However, what I love about God is he's saying to you right now, 
Oh, my sweet daughter, you have no idea what you can do when I'm walking next to you. The next person we're going to talk about is Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 1, 5 through 8, it says, and this is God speaking, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you apart. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. So this starts out God telling Jeremiah that he has a plan for his life. And he called Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations. He's going to be speaking out and making a difference in the lives of nations. See, what you may not realize, Jeremiah, when God is calling him out, Jeremiah is only between the ages of 13 to 16 at this time. He was a teen, just like you, when God called him to speak to the nations. It's a little scary, right? So after God tells Jeremiah his calling for his life, the first response out of Jeremiah's mouth is, ah, God, there's no way that's going to happen. Don't you realize that I'm just a teen? Now these are in my words, but (laughs) I'm a hundred percent sure God knew how old Jeremiah was when he called him. So it's so funny. Some of the things that we tell God, because we're afraid. Jeremiah thought he was too young to step into God's plan for his life. However, I so love God because when we don't quite see ourselves as God sees us, he reassures us. His response to Jeremiah in verses six and seven is, don't say I'm just a teen. You don't need to worry about your age because I'm going to be with you. As you go, I'm going to give you the words to speak. Maybe you've been faced with a situation where you felt like you were too young, or maybe somebody told you that you were too young to do what God called you to do. If God called you to do it, First, make sure it is God calling you to do it. Take a lot of time to pray about it. Make sure it lines up with the word of God. But if God's calling you to do something, know that he is going alongside of you and he is going to give you everything that you need in order to do it. And then the fourth person that we're going to talk about is Moses. And we'll find this in Exodus 3. And we are going to start in verse 9. It says, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. This is God speaking. And I also have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go? See, Moses, he didn't see himself as good enough to fulfill God's plan for his life. You know, over the last couple of episodes, we talked about the lies that the enemy tells us. And one of those lies that he likes to tell us is that we're not good enough. It's amazing to me that even back in Exodus, in the Old Testament days, thousands and thousands of years ago, the enemy is still using the same lies. So Moses is like, who am I that I should go? Moses didn't see himself as good enough to fulfill God's plan for his life. He was actually running for his life, hiding out because he had killed an Egyptian. And Moses is scared out of his mind when God says, I'm calling you to free the Egyptians. And he's saying, oh, who am I that I should go? He knew that it wasn't going to be easy to go back to those Egyptians, the ones he's hiding from. He wanted God to send somebody else instead of him. However, again, God's response in verse 12, it says, I will certainly be with you. God promises over and over and over again in his word. He is with us. We don't need to fear. He is with us. When those lies that the enemy is trying to tell you, when those lies that the culture is trying to tell you that you're not good enough, that you're too young, all of these lies, God says, see yourself as I see you. 
If God asks us to do something, even if it's something as small as saying hi to maybe a girl who's in youth ministry, who's sitting off by herself, especially if you're introverted and shy, this could be a challenge for you, but maybe God's prompting you in your heart, in your spirit. And he's saying, I want you to go talk to her. Go just say hi to her. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, oh, somebody else can do it. Who am I to do that? I don't even know what to say. I'm terrified. But I encourage you, when God is prompting you to do something like that, maybe God's prompting you to do something else. You never know. That thing that God is calling you to do could be life transformational for somebody. You talking to that girl that's sitting off in the corner, that may be the exact thing that she needs in order to give her life to Jesus because you were nice to her and you reached out to her when nobody else would. I have seen this happen over and over again in our youth ministry. Don't discount even the smallest promptings of the Holy Spirit. When he's leading you to do something, just like Moses You can be a part of the change that this generation needs. Just like Jeremiah and Esther, who were just teens, you can be a world changer right where you are. Now, I do want to say this. Understanding your identity in Christ isn't an overnight thing. It takes time and it's a continuous thing. It's not something that you do once and that you've got it. It's something that all Christians have to renew ourselves to and focus on all the time. As we talked about in part two of the series, the world's lies and the enemy's lies are so loud. They are constantly coming at us. So we need to continually grow in our identity in Christ. Here are some things that you can do to grow stronger in your identity in Christ. Number one, release any shame, any guilt, and any failures that you're holding on to. God is an unconditional God, and He loves you so much. There's nothing that you can do to get Him to love you any less. Let those go. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is basically just the shame and the guilt that we feel because of what we did. God is not only going to forgive your sins when you confess them, but he's going to cleanse you from all the shame and all the guilt. Release those. That is not who you are anymore. The second thing that you can do is get into the Bible every single day. And I know sometimes it's not easy, but you know what? Getting something out of one verse is way better than reading a whole chapter and getting nothing out of it. Even if it's just one verse that you focus on, get into the Bible every single day. Spend time with God. He loves you so much and he wants to hang out with you. He wants to have a relationship with you so he can lead you, so he can guide you and direct you. If you need some help with this, I encourage you. If you have not yet downloaded the Uncommon Teen app, go to www.uncommonteenapp.com. You can download it there. There is a tab on there that says free Bible journal guide. Put in your email address and I will send you six weeks of Bible journaling that will help you kick off your journey with God and take it to a deeper level. And if you've already done that and you want something more, the Dare to Be devotional, you can get this through the app as well or on the Uncommon Teen website. It's also a six-week devotional that will help you take your walk with God to the next level. 
Then the third thing that you can do, as we've been talking about the last two weeks, is renew your mind to Christ. Find out who it is that God says in his word that he sees you as. If you're not sure, go to Ephesians chapters one and two and read through there and write down everything that God says you are. He says you're adopted. He says you're chosen. He said it pleased him to bring you into his family and then speak them over yourself every morning and every evening. And the fourth thing that you can do is start a Bible study with some teen girls who are near you and maybe your mom and some other good godly mentors talking about your identity in Christ. Or better yet, (laughs) we would love to have you join us in January for our first ever Uncommon Teen Bible study. This is more than just a normal Bible study. This is going to be an eight-week experience where you'll get to hang out online with other teen girls moms are always welcome to join us, who love God and are ready to grow in their walk with God. We are going to be talking about what it means to gain your identity in Christ. What does that look like for you? All you need to do to get more information is talk to your mom or your mentor about it and then go to the Uncommon Teen app. Again, if you don't have that, you can go to uncommonteenapp.com, but click on the tab that says connect with Jamie and simply write Bible study. And I will get back with you on the next steps on how you can join us. Know that spots are filling up fast and we would love to have you in there with us. All right, ladies. So as we say each week, I want you to repeat after me, close your eyes if you can, but really choose to believe it with your heart. Say, I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, thank you so much for joining me for the Uncommon Teen Podcast. I hope you have an incredible week and we will see you back here next time. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you today. I hope that you know just how much God really does love you. Now, I want you to repeat after me and I want you to mean it with all your heart. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, so I have a question for you. What does your summer look like? What is one thing that you are going to do this summer that is going to change your life forever? What are you going to do this summer to help you make friends who love Jesus that will help you grow in your walk with God, all while having a blast? If your answer is, well, (laughs) not really a whole lot. Well, I have something just for you that will help you do all of those things. Are you interested? What if you did something this summer that could change your life forever? Ladies, I want to invite you to join me for Uncommon Teen Live 2024 because you are going to do just that. You are going to meet your new besties. You're going to have a blast and grow in your walk with God. So grab your parents, head on over to UncommonTeen.com and grab your tickets today.